Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of As an Artist. This is a local famous records podcast about local artists, their art, the creative process, and the local scene. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Anthony Sosa, and on this episode, we have David Soden. David is a talented filmmaker, local filmmaker, screenwriter, playwright. I have had the pleasure of knowing David most of my life. Knowing David, his family, his parents, Colleen and Topper, his sister Kim, um, they're just amazing, amazing people. And so it's 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 really, really my honor, my pleasure to get to have David on here and kind of share share some of his amazing work that he's done with you guys. Uh, over the past twenty years, David has been involved in many productions, including the films Variations on a High School Romance, uh, the film Room Two Hundred Six, and The Evenings After, and many, many others, as well as his most recent production, the play SMFs. In addition to completing his bachelor's in radio, television, and film from UNT, he's also attended a decade of South by Southwest. Uh, South, I can't talk. South by Southwest film festivals, and we we discussed that. We talked what that experience is like and how that has kind of changed over time. We've talked about a lot of really really cool, interesting kind of deep topics. There's a couple of points throughout the podcast that we get some like juicy tangents that kind of go way off in the deep end, as uh, we are wont to do here. So uh, I had a really, really fun and enjoyable conversation with David, and I hope, as I say every episode, I hope you have as much fun as we had having this conversation. Um, stick around for the end of the podcast. Uh, David is not a musician, so I don't have music for us, but I do have an audio uh, capture of one of his trailers for one of his films. And so we can listen to that, and then if you like what you hear, and if you like what you hear in this podcast, then you can go in the show notes and you can find David's Instagram, and you can find his Pi Productions, his production company, um, Vimeo page, where they have all of their all of their work there. So I encourage you to go check that out. I encourage you to go reach out to David if you'd like him to do any work for you. And without further ado, we will start the show. talk about the, the things you've done because you've done a lot of stuff dude. like you've done a, a lot of stuff um that's um that's that's fair i guess so uh, i don't know like i'm i'm just talking i have you know we so that's well, i just want you to know kind of where we're going i'd be but like, i'd be down for all of that okay so uh i don't mind if you uh if you guide i don't okay i don't mind all right um, well yeah, I don't know. I'm just so I guess I'll say first. Like, okay, very well. Like David, thank you for being here. Oh, like, Anthony, thank yeah. <laughs> you so much for thanks for having me, man. Um, like I'm like we've been uh, we've been friends for a long long time. I mean, you're I you're my oldest friend. Am I really for sure. your oldest? hundred percent. Wow. Um, because I, I mean, I remember being a very small child and like my mom talking about Colleen and Topper and David. And like, uh, I think, and this is, you know, memories from back then, from that long ago, 30 plus years ago, yeah, uh, are fuzzy. But correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Birthday party at your house. 
and there was like stuff going on in the front yard, like games, and there like may have been a horse or a pony yes, or something there was like a that. Horse. Yes, I feel so bad. <laughs> Why? I feel so bad. Why? Because there was a horse in the front yard, and this was in our court. So, um, so um, my parents lived in the house. I actually still live in this house that is inside a, a court, and there are like maybe uh, five uh, houses in the court. So it's a round deal, and um. <laughs> This party my parents threw for me. Um, they, uh, I, I don't remember a lot about it, but I, I do remember uh, that the, a lot of my friends were there. Um, probably Landon was there. Maybe Adam was there. Adam lived across the street from me. He might have been there uh, at that point. And um, I had some of my other friends, and I doubt that it might have been Andrew. Um, okay. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe because I don't think I knew Conrad yet. Um, I bet one of my best friends, Conrad. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I had some other kids there, and uh, there was a horse, and they brought a horse out on our front yard. And um, I don't really like touching horses. In fact, <laughs> I was just talking to Amber. I was just talking to um, to uh, your your great partner Amber yeah. about uh, her um, her. Uh, Lizard, what is it? Uh, oh, Fidelce, yeah, yeah. It's Probably, like yeah. I don't really touch um, uh, reptile things. It's like it's nice from afar, sure. Um, but horses is totally, <laughs> and it's still to this day one of those things for me. And I didn't really want to get on it. <laughs> I didn't really want to get on it. But um, my uncle, my 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 great uncle at the time, uh, he was not my great uncle. He was he was a great uncle. Um, he uh, he got me a uh, Wheel of Fortune NES game, oh, and I wanted to spend more time inside playing that with my friends than I wanted to spend with the horse outside in my. That's fair. Yeah, I mean yeah. we were a little. And you were there too. Like, we yeah, little, you were yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I feel really bad. Small. That. No, I mean, that was, that was a long time ago. That's funny. I didn't even remember that you didn't want to be on the horse or didn't like yeah. the horse. Like, I didn't remember that. But I, just, I had these vague, you know, snippets. And I'm like, I think that's the first one of the first times I hung out with David, not the first time or something. But so, okay. So, like, early, early childhood here, here, here in Fort Worth, like, uh, I love your family. No, I, 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 want, I want you to talk about your family to the audience, but like, they're creative. I think it's fair for me to say they're creative people. Like, they both are in different ways. Um, my father is creative um, musically and in um, in architectural wise. He, he um, uh, my, my dad's dad was an architect and uh, there are still some buildings that are up here in Fort Worth that are, uh, that are, oh, wow. are his ha handiwork. It actually, you know what, actually the, um, the entrance of the Fort Worth and Science and History, History Museum. Oh wow! Uh, the front entrance that has the um, has the uh, the the compass with the zodiacs, uh, zodiac plates on the, okay. on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were two sets of those made. Uh, one were was planted into those grounds, and the other hung in my granddad's home and in our granddad's cabin in Colorado. Um, when my family owned a cabin up in Colorado, that's another thing we can get to that maybe. Sure, whatever. Um, but um, but yeah. So uh, but, but yeah. So that's his handiwork. Um, and so my dad, he does acoustic stuff. He he designs um, he designs sound systems um for different places like churches, uh, arenas. Um, and he's done a couple of Super Bowls, and he has uh, done some. Uh, uh, he did the Jacksonville uh, Sports Arena. Oh wow! 
I think it's base. They have a new baseball okay. ring out there. It's what, or football. I don't know. I don't do sports. Um, <laughs> as you fine. can tell, sports ball. Yeah, um, sports ball. <laughs> but like in like uh, yeah, the- theaters and like what uh, amusement park stuff too, right? Uh, he's, he did- yes, he's done stuff with um, uh, uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Um, he designed the Terminator Two exhibit uh, from the early '90s, and it was shut down maybe about three or four years ago. Oh wow! They're turning into a uh, into a Jason Bourne thing. Okay, so, interesting. Interesting. Because that's a hot franchise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. Boy, I'm really clamoring for that um, uh, shaky handy cam. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so, so he's kind of, he's kind of, uh, artistic in that way. Um, and I feel like my mother is artistic. Um, she was a teacher and she was a teacher with your mother, yeah. uh, which is kind of how we, which is how we've met each other. Um, she is, um, she's extremely, extremely artistic in the way that she would build together, put a curriculum together. Mm, she mm. would make a arch. She would, she would have a, a whole arc uh, from the beginning of the semester till her last day of teaching her, teaching all these kids, these different things. And they ran a really, really great elementary school from about the right in the late nineties till the uh, early two thousands. Oh, wow. um, there was a, a little school next to a Episcopal church that she worked with a couple of uh, two or three other ladies that she still has drinks with to this very day. Nice. Um, uh, and, uh, and I, and I feel like that she is very, that she's very artistic in that way, which I think you can connect with as much because you are yeah. a teacher as well. Yeah. And it, it, it takes kind of like the, the sort of zooming out perspective to kind of do that sort of thing where you're telling a story or, or having your, your curriculum kind of hit that point, that arc, like you said mm-hmm. to the end. It's a form of storytelling. I it think. really is. It really is. It, it it it's 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 telling a story in a in a in a different way. And and you know, you know, you can you can tell stories and be have it be educational. Or you can have to tell stories and it can be entertainment. You can tell stories, and it can be what whatever. But I feel like I feel like you're right that that uh, that teaching a curriculum is is um telling a story and trying to educate along the way yeah i mean here's kind of my thing and maybe you agree with me on, with this uh mm. or, or not but like i feel like everything's a story right everything that we do everything, what we tell ourselves about our families about the world that we live in everything that we consume all the games that we play yeah. all the tv shows that we watch like it's all if if i'm buying an antique from somewhere like it's the story about the thing that i'm buying that makes me want to buy it it's not necessarily the, the object in itself. Uh-huh. And, and so, like, I don't know. That's kind of how I view the world. And I feel like you, like, you're a really good storyteller. Well, and, and so, like, where, where yeah. is that? Do you, do you, I ask this, to, I try to ask this to everyone. Like, do you look at yourself as an artist? And then when, when was that, if that's the case? When did you start looking at yourself as When that? did I start looking at myself as one? Um, I do... I, I do see myself as an artist. I see myself as a filmmaker. Um, and... Uh, and uh, I see myself as a filmmaker primarily. So, and and I guess you can, I guess that's kind of a nice fine wrapping for an artist. Um, uh, the artist, I guess, is the core of that. Um, but, uh, and when did I start seeing myself as one? Um, I first got a, a handy cam. I first got a little, little cam. Uh, it had to have been like a, a, a super high eight little uh, digital camera they had tapes about yes you cannot see my fingers so you can see <laughs> listeners but uh anthony can't three see. four inches four inches or so 
the there you part go. or something. Yeah. There you go. Good at describing. Um, um, but uh, but uh, but yeah. So I got like one of those cameras when I was maybe sixth grade, maybe, and uh, and I I started looking at how to work how to. Uh, box something into a frame. Mm, um, mm. I, I, my, my parents took me to a lot of uh, movies when I was a kid. They showed me a, like a lot of movies that I shouldn't have seen when I was a kid, like, uh, like uh, the uh, the second Indiana Jones movie where the guy reaches into this heart, his chest, <laughs> and pulls out the heart. Yeah, um, and uh, and she used to take me to Cosmignana, which uh, I loved that place as a kid, and um, and I loved. The fact that it was in a circle at the time that it was in a circle, and um, I loved how they they the, the house would go dark and then they would change everything and then the lights would come back up. I'm like, how does all that work? So, yeah. so um, so I, I do I do see like I my uh, my parents helped me. To, I I feel like my parents helped me become the uh, helped me gain my eye mm. by um my third eye by um showing me a lot of visionary stuff that they, they took me to a lot of Spielberg movies and um and uh um George Lucas movies mm -hmm. and um Robert Zemeckis and things of that nature um so um so yeah but I really didn't feel like I really didn't feel like I was honing my craft until I got into high school okay uh that's when I started when I was in when I was in eighth grade I started writing a an epic um video game uh I was Highly in influenced, and I completely ripped off uh, of uh, a lot of old Cyan games, uh, Mist and Riven. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In case our our listeners don't know, um, Mist was one of the highest selling video games in the early to mid nineties. Yeah. Uh, and it and it it was the jump start for CD media, and that's how they got. That's how they they sold so wildly. Um, but they brought, they made two, they made, I mean, five games now. Yeah. Cause Mist was five, Mist was five, Uru, maybe six. Anyway, built around this, um, this, uh, the story of, uh, of a fake, um, or is it fake? Yeah. Uh, story of an ancient <laughs> civilization that supposedly is down underneath the, uh, the mountains in New Mexico. Um, anyway, but, uh, but I was highly influenced by that. And so. I started developing a video game that was set on five different islands and you had to uh you had to capture uh a guy and I and I I and, and that's one of the problems with the we'll get to one of my problems of my writing in a second. Um but I wrote more of the lore, more of the um of the history mm -hmm. and I even wrote like I even made an old uh, its own language um very, very uh, tolkien language. style tolkien style yeah <laughs> really um and that was really kind of the first thing that started to get me into wanting to write and create things was i created uh lurdan that's what i was that's what it was called it was called lurdan 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 yeah that's right wow i hadn't thought of that in forever um <laughs> Um, and then uh, when I got into high school, I started writing scripts and um, I started working with a friend of mine that I still work with to this day um, about uh, uh, getting a, getting a, a little mini DV cam in our hands. And I really started shooting stuff around 2005. Uh, that was when I started shooting my first movie. 
So before is this white powder? Is that the one? Is that the first one? Um, the one actually, uh, white powder was shot starting around. Oh no, two thousand five wouldn't be right, would it? I started shooting white powder around oh three. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, around oh three, and then we started shooting Jennifer, maybe around, maybe around two thousand, maybe two thousand one. Um, Jennifer was a uh, was a film that I didn't direct, but my my buddy was directing, and we just we both made each other's films. We we produced each other's, we directed each other's films, and we helped each other out because we wanted to make movies. So is this? Did you ever take film classes? Or go to like film school? Or is this I, something you started from the ground up? Uh, I started from the ground up, and then I went to um, U UNT for film school around two thousand seven, something that's like right, that. That's right. Um, and uh, did my film school out there. I loved it out there. It was my one. I was one of the very last classes. I was the last class to use their film cameras out there. Oh wow! Because right when I was leaving, they bought uh, red uh, Scarlet cameras, mm. and uh, they had a. Um, they had a, a because they had like some uh, editing suites, some pr private editing suites. And one of the avid editing suites had a fridge in there where that was locked, where they kept all their reels of film. And when I left, it was gone. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's so sad, man. It hurt my heart. So, OK, I, I want before we get to you, because we can talk about I feel like Denton or UNT here for, for a little bit before mm -hmm. before that, like what? So you mentioned you mentioned Spielberg, you mentioned uh, Zemeckis and Lucas. What I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Like, what about their work spoke to you? I guess. Like, what is it? Was it the the cinematography? Was it the stories, the characters? Like, what was it that jumped out to you? That spoke to you? I think it was the it, it was the visual because okay. I've um I'm I I'm an ADD. Uh, I was a I was highly ADD. Heavy on the H as a kid, <laughs> heavy on the H as a kid, and but I, uh, but I, I've always been a visual learner, and so, um, I've I've learned visually, and sitting in a dark room with having that on a huge screen and watching those, um, seeing those those shots and those that framing, and that is what I, I feel like that that's what um, helped to get me into thinking about how to frame a shot and yeah. how to have things fall in and fall out and um, um, messing with focus and having things, important things out of focus. Well, you know where it's happening, but anyway, yeah, you don't want to, anyway, all, anyway, no, anyway, yeah, the, all fun the, stuff like that. Yeah. Those are creative decisions, right. right. That are made that are made. Exactly. And so it's like, Oh, one of my options, you know, uh huh. Getting getting these people to kind of watching their work, I guess, gives you a, a palette to choose from. Yeah, and it it gets you it gets you to thinking about your own eye. You know, it gets you thinking yeah. about your own style. So um, when did you feel? We can talk about the early. So okay, let me. I, I kind of cut you off, I guess. Yeah, let's talk about ahead. let's talk about the the first two films that you were working on. So uh, the first two films I was working on, um, one was uh, it was it started out being called Jennifer. Uh, but then it was retitled to Variations on a High School Romance. That's right. And uh, it was a <laughs> it was a two and a half hour epic of the story of this relationship between this guy and a girl uh, from starting from uh, freshman year till senior. And it kind of played on it. It kind of played on on high school tropes. Um, it was kind of stylistic in that way. Um, as kind of like their B story where the A story was their relationship between 
two different couples. Um, and uh, they intertwine, intertween, weave in and out throughout the uh, the freshman to senior year. And um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a it was a it was a very long project, and it honestly didn't get fully completed until like late 2011. So I wow. want to say something. I want to say something like that because we shot it on so many different things because of what we had at the time. We started shooting out on Super 8, but then we got a mini DV camera, and then uh, we shot it on something else. I I don't remember, but you can. Don't They're, look too closely. You can we, yeah. we, we we you can kind of tell when it jumps from one format to another. Well, in the two thousands, kind of, or that that time period where the technology is changing, changing so quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was changing so quickly, and um, yeah, you just didn't know. You you couldn't keep up with the, with formats. And two and a half hours is long. That's a that is a very <laughs> long film, especially it for is. like your first project. It is it's ambitious. It, it was uh it was I I didn't direct it. I just produced it. My okay. my buddy uh, uh Nicholas Sebrin, who nowadays does tons of theater stuff around Fort Worth. Awesome. Um directed it and and then starred in it. Uh he was the lead star in it and uh yeah, yeah. That was a very long project. Um So what did you learn from that? as you're going into directing your own project, um, like what did you take some stuff with you? Were there lessons learned or how did that process look? What did that look like? Uh, how do I put this? Uh, shoot <laughs> things. Uh, uh, condense your shooting days. Okay. <laughs> uh, condense your shooting days because we made these movies my 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 first movie I directed, as you alluded to, was White Powder. We started that in like oh three, something like that. Uh, maybe it was oh four. No, probably oh three, because I've not met Anthony around there. Yeah, so probably around oh three. Doesn't matter to you, the listener. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um but uh, so so we started shooting that, and we finished started that in around oh two oh three, and finished it in twenty sixteen. Uh, no, I'm sorry, in two thousand six. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, and had a, had its first screening of it uh, at the Rosemarine Theater in uh, North Side Fort Worth. Yeah, um, we made we made a uh, a couple of fun nights of screenings. Um, I I know a couple of different directors. I'm jumping ahead, but I know a couple of different directors here in Fort Worth, and we put uh, some of our movies together, and we've put together some fun screening nights. Yeah, uh, at Rosemarine. So let's so okay. I want anyway, I jumped ahead. No, 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 you're fine. I want I I love it. Like I want I, I want I'm curious about I want to get to kind of like the process because as someone as a musician, like primarily the people that I've talked to on here are typically not everybody. And I want to I want to I want to get more diversity. Mm -hmm. Typically other musicians though. And so like one thing that we're familiar with is like, oh, the DFW music scene. And what that like, and you've participated in that. You've come to a million shows. You lived in Denton, which has its own scene. Like you I want I want to get to it here in a little bit, little bit like your visual productions of of, of musical performances that you did oh, okay. for a little bit. But Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so like but I don't know at really very much at all about the film scene. Like and that there are movie, I don't know, film maybe that's not the right term anymore or something, but like people are making films here in the DFW area particularly in Austin and like you've been actively a part of that for a while. Like <laughs> excuse me, cough. What like I have a lot I want to ask you about it. What? <laughs> so you said you were putting on your own, um, viewing your own shows. Yeah. Shows. Yeah. What is or that screenings, like? Screenings. Screening, that's, that's the word. Like, how does how do you do that? Like, what are the logistics involved of like pulling something like that off? So I know 
Um, Logan Gilpin, and I knew. Well, I still know. Um, uh, uh, Greg, yeah, you're gonna kill me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Van Root, T-, T Van Root, T Van Root. I'm sorry, Greg. Um, but uh, uh, I I knew those uh, those filmmakers in town, and I knew that they had their own shorts because uh, I've I've uh, I've seen some of the stuff. Uh, Logan did this really great music video. Um, it was called uh, uh, something about a tornado, and the the entire music video is a camera that sits in the center of a hallway, and it turns um, uh, counterclockwise. And it goes from uh, from a kitchen to bathroom to bedroom to living room to back and forth, back and forth. And it's a constant turning. Uh, and it tells the story of this these uh, this couple's relationship. Uh, and uh, and the and the great thing is, is that they they played with color. Uh, their 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 shirts would be uh, orange and blue and they would counter each other. There would be things hanging on the walls that were blue while they were wearing orange sometimes would be in vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it told this really great story anyway. Um, anyway, but uh, that was one of the things that we played. Uh, another thing that we played that night was uh, 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 my buddy Ram uh, did kind of like a short little monologue um, shot in front of a camera. And it was really dramatic lighting and it was really, really well done. Um, we had a night of that. Greg, we pulled one of his movies. Well, I think we pulled a I think we pulled a trailer of his. He did a very gory version of uh, a Telltale Heart, uh, oh, wow. where uh, where a character had a had a uh, chainsaw. It was a it was a very very uh, uh, loose adaptation, but uh, it he he likes the horror stuff. And in fact, if you are free on Wednesday nights in Fort Worth, uh, uh, the first Wednesdays of the month. Look up Weird Wednesdays. Um, he does a secret screening of a weird movie uh, every month uh, is, is at at the Southside uh, Assembly Hall. Pre- preservation Hall. Preservation I was going to say, I think I know what you're talking about. At the yeah, Southside yeah. Preservation Hall. Uh, he opens the doors and he has like um, some, uh, some, uh, some booths, some tables, and some people are selling old DVDs, old VHSs. Some uh, people are selling rocks, shirts. Uh, some people are selling their own literature uh, that is print. They print themselves, and That's local awesome. uh, 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 authors are selling their stuff on tables. It is really, really cool. And then you get to see like a weird movie. Um, I saw a movie one night of an alligator that uh, went into the sewers of New York, and years later came up and started eating people. It's just great. That that's so. I, I'm anyway. so glad you brought that up because that's. That's what you brought me to here to talk about was alligators. Well, no, no, I mean, like, <laughs> events like that, like the, the, you know, this. I was on a podcast. I was on the Jerry Jonestown Massacre uh, uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. talking about the closing of Lola's and the closing of Twilight. Talking about oh, how there's my less heart. Yeah, my heart. So for the music scene, like, it there's hurts. less places, less spaces for us to do the work, the in work Fort that Worth. we do in Fort Worth. Yeah. Um. And so in regards to like viewing film or just being creative in general, like uh, the place like the Southside Preservation Hall where they're doing this thing on Wednesday nights where you have independent artists who are kind of meeting in a place and you still get to see, you know, see interesting films and uh, interact with interesting people. Mm-hmm. Like we need more of those things, I think. We, we do. And so like you've, so I, so I want to talk, you want, you showcase some stuff at South by, right? 
back in oh, the day? I've, uh, oh, I've, well, <laughs> Are we... I've never had a movie play itself. Okay. I, okay. I have performed some uh, visual stuff uh, uh, for musical performances that played itself. Okay. Okay. Um, and I've gone and I went to South by, I went to South by from 2005 to 2015. Wow. Straight. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I don't know how I afforded it towards the end. Yeah. Cause it was, it, it just got stupid expensive. So, so I didn't know that you went for 10 years straight. So was it, was it both the film and the music portion or were you just going for the film? Portion I just went for the film portion. For the film portion. Uh, I went for the film portion when it started. Cause that's what was interested in me. Yeah. And then towards the end, I just <laughs> couldn't afford to go sure. to music too. So what, what did you see change over those 10 years? If you, I mean, that's, that's kind of, you have a unique, uh, I, don't, I don't know a lot of people who've been that, that an, an, frequent an, enough to know. An animal house. Uh, it, it, it turned into a wild beast. Um, it uh the 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 um it uh it outgrew the city oh wow um it outgrew the city to its capacity uh because when i left uh my 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 last year was 2015 and i and i have i've done it a couple of years um, like one or two years since but my last year of 2015 um uh downtown was an animal house uh you could not get anywhere uh and and there were so many venues that were open that were host having free drinks and having free food and and uh and it was everywhere uh and there was just so many there were so many so many people mm-hmm. uh, when i first started like the um the 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 audience of the film was really small and really kind of tight knit. And then when the uh, music portion started, maybe four or three days, three or four days later, it would uh, turn into an animal house. Cause that's when everyone would come from everywhere. Um, but, uh, but now it's just like so crazy. Everybody's there doing, doing stuff. There are, there's interactive, there is uh, education, there is comedy, there is South by, um, Oh, I, I don't know, clown shoes. Like, like <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean, it's just things that you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. crazily think of that they've just made it larger and larger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it it out it it outgrew itself. I can I can see that. To be honest, I mean, I haven't been. We, I was down there with Raven Charter for 2012 and 2013, I believe, were the two years. I think and I saw did. you yeah, down there a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, I hung out with you a couple. Absolutely. Times. Um, I remember you were sitting on, you were waiting for a, a screening or something. You were on this. I remember meeting up with you outside of a theater, like a, one of those two times, <laughs> but yeah, but my, our, I, that was a bad experience. Just real quick. If you don't mind, like, I just want like, I do just, not mind. It's like, your podcast after all. No, I know, but just to, to festivals is another thing that like we used to have here in Fort Worth. We used to have the pep rallies every year, the, the Panther city pep rallies. We yeah. used to have. Um. Uh. The, we still the, have Mayfest. May. Yeah. We. We. Exactly. There's we that one, which May is for Fest. the city. That's like the whole city putting on, and that's that's a good thing. Lola's had their Lola Lola Palooza again. R.I.P. Lola's. Like that's. It was things like that where we were having these bigger sort of events. You can say South by, and look at it and say that started in the '80s and look what it's become and what does that mean for Texas mm-hmm. and like look at it in a positive light and say this is a good thing because we have all this money we have all these people that come into the state for all these things mm-hmm. for South by every year. Which sure, like that's true. That is true. But at the same time, like you're kind of saying it outgrew itself. I've talked to everyone I know who lives in Austin, hates it. 
Like right. never wants to go downtown during those two weeks or because it takes over the city. Exactly, it takes over the city. That's what people who live there will tell you. Yeah, and so like obviously there's it can go too far or something. Right, we can have something that that uh, over over overemphasizes what it's about or, or overstays its welcome or however you want to put overreaches. it. Like it's too overreaches. That's a better way to put it. Absolutely. And so like kind of seeing those two ends of the spectrum, like those two. I feel I feel like when we were there, 2012, 2013 was kind of during that transition where it was as a band we want. It was like the cool place. Oh, you want to be in South by you right. want to be in Austin for this thing. It's a really big deal. We never were part of the official thing, but there was all these little companies that you could pay money to who would give you a 20 minute showcase or a 30 minute showcase on some stage that they had at some place. Right. And what ended up happening is like you said, everybody's down. There's so many people down there, but they're all getting, they're all shit based. Like they're all just they wasted. Are. They are. And no one cares about what they're, everyone's down there. It felt like, you know, kind of like how Dallas is a little bit, uh, the place to be because it's the place to be. I want to be here to be here rather than being, I want to actually see some good art and like appreciate it or whatever. Right. And so it was just, nobody cared about the music as a band. It was like, we want, oh, this is going to be awesome. There's all these bands here. There's all these people here to see these bands. But it wasn't about that. It was about getting wasted and being at South by Southwest. Because you walk, you walk down Sixth Street and you hear music everywhere. Yeah. Music is playing in every home, every yeah. building <laughs> yeah. as you walk down the street. Yeah. And it's like, how do you find what you want? Because there's yeah. so much happening. It's, yeah. You can't. You can't be everywhere at once. And when it started, it was cool. It was fun that you couldn't be everywhere at once. You 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 went to this party and and you missed out on that screening. You're like, oh darn. But toward, towards the end, it's like I went to the screening, then I missed out on this party. Mm. I missed out on this screening. Oh, did you hear that the uh, the Metallica had their secret secret yeah. <laughs> show? Because yeah. because uh, you went to their the the first fifteen people yeah. or first twenty people walked through the door. They gave them the secret deal, and no one yeah. else knew about it. It's like, man. It's just like, I feel like a very like speaking of L.A. earlier, like I feel like it's a very, very L.A. sort of thing or vibe where it's just like it, a, it, about the celebrity. It I guess, is. You know? It um, is. I was talking to I was one of my last years. I was in line with a guy. And uh, we were I was talking to him. He was saying that he was uh, he was kind of in the back of the line with where I was. And he was like. I I flew all the way from LA to come out here to come and uh he uh, he was a lo he was a location uh, no not a location but like a talent scout. He's like I came all the way from LA to to, to scout out this talent from this uh, uh guy who's going to be in this movie that we're about to watch and I flew all the way here. I should be in the front of the line. I should be uh in the yeah. front to be the first one to get in because I flew all the way here and I can give him a, a part from my new movie and I'll give him all this money but like, dude, you're in line with the rest of us. Yeah. Like, Good. that's the point of yeah. this whole thing <laughs> is that you are a You come here and we are all on the same level. We're all yeah. standing in the same line. But like, then, but then, like, towards the end, they started having sectioned off deals where mm. people with badges or, or press would go in first. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. man. So, what was the anyway. coolest thing that you saw while you were there? Before we move on to something else, like what what's the best thing you saw or the best memory you have? Perhaps maybe it's not a, a screen, but it's the best best thing you remember. Uh, it's gonna sound nasty, um, <laughs> but uh, there was one year that uh, Conan O'Brien was there, and he was had uh, had a um, he had a documentary that was playing there, and it was just like right after. Oh, I think it was a couple years after. It was after he could talk about being fired from the Tonight Show. And so he put out this documentary when he could talk about it, when he was out from the um, the NDAs and uh, just talk all about it. So uh, Conan was there and his staff was there. And um, 
I, I watched the movie, so I recognized some of the people there. So a couple of days later, one night, I'm walking down 6th Street through a crowd of people, and I pass one of his head writers. I'm like, that was that 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 was that was one of his head. I got to turn around and go uh, go say something to him. So I turn around and I go walk up to him and say, "Hey, I just wanted to shake your hands. I I I I've I've been watching. I watched Conan when I was in the sixth grade, you know, uh, and he's been with them since then. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, one of the head writers and uh, I'm the masturbating bear. Oh my god. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm shaking hands with the masturbating bear. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Pretty awesome. <laughs> that just made my night. That just man, that's the first thing I think of. Is <laughs> that's awesome. And th- I mean, and if you didn't know, like if you wouldn't right. have known who the guy was, it never right. happened. You know? Right, exactly. If I didn't know, I just would have walked right past him like anybody else. That's cool, man. It's so crazy. It's so wild that way. And you know, another cool thing that happened to me was that, um, and it, it, it it'll get you into talking about my my VJing stuff. Okay. Um. Uh, I saw a documentary there about uh, the rise of um, chiptune music. And uh, I saw a guy who, uh, a guy named uh, Paris, uh, who was doing visual stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm I'm staring. I'm like, oh my God, I want to do this. Oh my God, I want to do this. I want to do this so bad. I, I So, and that night they were going to have a, uh, a chiptune uh, 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 performance. Uh, there were going to be artists that were going to bring their own stuff, and um, and anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But um, but uh, so a couple like uh, later on that day, I'm walking down the street and I walk past Paris. We cross each other on the street on an empty street. I'm like, that was that was that was Paris. I I I have to talk to this man. I I need to do what he does. Um, so I I approached him and I said, hey, like uh, I, I I love what you do. I don't know how you do it, but I love it. He's like, well, why don't you come on down to the to the our show tonight? I can show you some of my stuff. I'm like, yes, uh, I will. I will do that. And so, so I go to this to this uh, club. It was a Russian bar. It was a Russian bar in downtown. That's not there anymore because, of course, it's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, but uh, but I I I I hit up with hit up with Paris, and Paris hands me a Game Boy, and it has a camera in it. It was a Game Boy camera, <laughs> and uh, for any of your listeners who don't know, uh, <laughs> Game Boy sold a Game Boy camera where you could put it punch it into the top, and you can take selfies, photos of yourselves, uh, and have it in kind of like an eight bit pixel thing. It was black and white. But he had a video out of the Game Boy, so it was a live camera. So he was showing wow. the live camera behind the performer who was on stage, and I was just getting these wicked turn angles. I'm getting down low. I'm shooting up, and uh, I, uh, I I shoot from the side, and I try to get silhouettes and black and white silhouettes. I <laughs> after going back to him after a set or two, okay, he said Paris says to me is like. That's the base. That's the best eight bit cinematography I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Hell yeah! That's, awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I've 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 followed him on on Instagram, and I've I've met him like a couple other times. We keep in touch. But uh, but Paris is a cool dude, man. He's a cool guy. So did that inspire you to to then start doing that for your own? Like, how did you? You're in Denton at this point, right? Like, so, is this yeah. 07, 08, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 07 was when I moved out there. Okay. 
And so what 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 inspired you to move to Denton first of all? Um I'd been out to Denton a couple of times. Um I've been out there a couple of times for you. Yeah, we were hanging out. For you, really. Um, I was out with a couple of other friends, but mostly just to come out and hang out with you. Um, because we had kind of a we had kind of a period where we would just like I was out of high school and I didn't have a lot of friends. Like all my I didn't have a lot of friends from high school that I wanted to keep in contact with. So I hung out with you a lot. Yep. So I hung out with you and your yeah. your theater friends for like a summer, which yeah, was man. just magical. Um anyway. Good times. It was good, good times. times. It was good times. Um but um, so so uh, so I what got me out to Denton was I learned about the school mm-hmm. and 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 I learned about the school when talking to people at South by about it um, because um, when I first started uh, South by in two thousand five everyone was saying that UT is the best film school and UNT is right right behind there. And as I started around twenty around twenty ten, it's like um, UNT is getting to be a pretty good film school. And then when I left in twenty fifteen, uh, UNT is a, a better film school than UT wow. is. And I, I I I I started hearing about it, so that got me thinking about it. And um, and yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what brought me out to the when I heard about the film school. Out Did there. you um? Like, what was the experience like? What did you, did you like the classes? Did you like what you learned? Like, um, the people you met. I loved it out there. Uh, I loved it out there. I loved that I that I I lived in a uh, a small town that was um that was cool and hip to be in. Um, um, and and going to school out there, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. They learned. They, <coughs> excuse me. They taught us a lot of uh, a lot of technical work, and uh, um, in the classes there. And then I've kept a hold of some of the people, some of the people that I've met there, and I've gone on to, on to work with them into my uh, the rest of my filmmaking career. And yeah, man, that's what I as someone who teaches young people and trying to get a lot of them are like, oh, college is super expensive. Like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to take out debt, which is like I totally get. Um, it's I get that too. Stupid, you should have to do that in the first place. But anyways, I still try to like look. You should go if, if you know if you have the ability to do so. N- not only for the things that you learn, because yeah, you'll learn some stuff. Sometimes you won't. Some of the things that you know, just like with everything in education, it's not one hundred percent perfect. It doesn't necessarily do what it's supposed to do. Right. But the people that you that meet, you meet there, there, that's the really important thing. Being right. around people who have the same interests or similar interests as you, that y'all are going to go off into your career careers and like stick out for each other you know be there for each other net that's what networking is whatever but it's really just making friends and staying friends with people right you know and that's the best kind of networking is that you you make you you work with your friends yeah you know that's that's the best kind of network instead of having having that hot contact out in la or out in new york it's like you know just um i want to work with my friends that I, i like hanging out and being around yeah absolutely so what? So of the UNT experience, like, what did you come out with? It did you have like a final project that you had to do? <laughs> was there a final film? What was your? Because if you majored in, was it RTBF? Right, yep, it's RTBF program. Right. What was your? What was your like specific um, area? Uh, well, uh, your for, focus. Uh, fo- the focus was on film. Okay, uh, yeah. There were other uh, radio, and I took some television classes. I worked at the uh, the uh, NTTV. I worked a couple of things out there. Okay. Um, okay. There, uh, it was so funny there. Entry 
for you to uh to for you to get into it was that you had to edit a uh a scene from Monk. <laughs> and for the kids who don't remember Monk. Uh, <laughs> it was a uh, TV show about a guy who was ADHD and he solved mysteries. Yeah, it's a good um, show. That's, that's great show. Pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's okay. First season, <laughs> first season was good. Then it's just kind of started running on. Um, anyway, but I had to like cut together like a scene, a, a, a three shot, four shot deal, and uh, uh, that was pretty cool because it had like a Universal Studios um, uh, uh, logo uh, yeah. on the bottom, which is like that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So okay, this is going to be a side a, 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 side quest. A side quest, exactly. What are podcasts for if not for side quests? <laughs> um, do you watch any YouTuber film essay video essay people? I do. Um, I do. I watch a lot. And so that's and what I'm just I don't like, I'm curious. Have, I don't remember the names of them off the top of okay. my head, but so I'm let me, let me opening shoot. up my phone right now. Do a lightning shoot off round. some of yours. Okay. Uh, my favorite right now is Patrick H. Willems. Do you Patrick H. Willems is great. He's, I love, I've, I've been watching him, I guess, since the pandemic. Dude, like when I discovered him. He does a great one on, uh, on, uh, on uh, Michael Bay films. Yes, that was the most recent one. Yeah, dude, that's the Michael Bay films. And then like this whole year, he's been crushing it. Like what makes an 80s film, which is a philosophical question, like what makes a thing a thing? Like going going deep on an hour of like what actually qualifies as an 80s film. The most recent one I guess he did was on a, on a, that Tom Cruise movie from 1989 about the race cars. I'm blanking on Oh, it. Thunder Road? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, Days, no, of no. Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. And it's like a 50-minute video on that that's really, really, really... The death of the 80s movie. Bring him back to the 80s. I love him. Um, do, what about uh, like cinema? They used to be called Cinema Fix, and then they got bought out by I... Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the by, IGN. by IGN, yeah. Yeah. I, I love they them, do a great too. Yeah, they do a really great podcast. That's right. They've been doing more pod. I haven't really checked it out. Yeah, they do really good podcasts on that on that uh, channel. I still subscribe to that you that uh, YouTube channel. Um, uh, there is one that I just watch. I I went back to watch. Uh, it's called. He's called um Cap Captain Kristen. Okay. Uh, K A P T A I N. Uh, K-A-R-I-S-T-I-A-N uh, uh, for those oh, wow. listening at home. Um, he does, a, I, I, went, I thought about him recently because he did a great video about um, Cowboy Bebop and uh, Blade Runner 2045, okay. 49, 49. 49. Uh, and how, um, how they, um, how they're, uh, uh, they they kind of take back and forth from each other. Um, that it's not. He says he doesn't really consider it uh, either a, a homo uh, an homage to each other, but uh, but more that it has the same soul mm. because it has a lot of common themes and visuals that are that are common with it. And um, and at the very end, they got Spike to read uh, the uh, the monologue of. Uh, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe, yeah. and it's so amazing. It's so nice. great. And he did a he did a really great one on um, the melodic comfort of late '90s horror, oh. and uh, how uh, how uh, horror kind of uh, horror ran into a a wall in the mid '90s with the the with the the fifth Halloween movie mm -hmm. and the the fifth Jason movie or Freddy movie or seventh Freddy movie or something. 
whatever it was. And then it's like started turning into more um, internal things like Blair Witch Project. Yeah. And Silent Hill came out around yeah. that time. And um, and the ring and things yeah. of that nature. Is this after that uh, the the Dracula Bram Stoker's Dracula? Like what is that ninety three? That was ninety four. Yeah, that, and that was, was like big budget. Right? Oliver like Stone and it yeah. failed and it failed. Flat. And so probably I'm I'm guessing just maybe that having something to do with like horror as a genre. I'm trying to think. Do, do you also have like your uh, Dracula Dead and loving it like coming out <laughs> during that time? And, like, oh your, God! You know it was bad, man. <laughs> It was bad. It was not good. <laughs> it was yeah. Until until you got Blair Witch, I feel like that's maybe the new like oh, there's money here again in this sort of genre. And what is that? Ninety nine. Uh, that was ninety nine. Yeah, that was ninety nine. Wow, man. I watched that. I watched that with my mother. I watched that with my mother when uh, my dad was out of town, and we watched it in the dark in our den. And uh, we we fell asleep that night with the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> there 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 are two ways that you can take that movie. You either you you laugh all the way through it and you don't take it seriously, or you take it deadly yeah. seriously. Uh, I don't feel like I, from the people I've talked to about that movie, I don't feel like there's an in between between yeah. those two. So. Are you are you into horror? Is that like a genre that you, um, that you, you not ex like? not exactly um not not exactly my thing um I I dig a good horror movie yeah. and I dig a good um I dig a, I dig a fun slasher okay. I dig a fun slasher every once in a while. So on that, like, do you I I based on being around young people, it seems like horror is having a very big resurgence. Is that so? Like, it's all of the young people are into horror. Is and like so? maybe it's horror games like Five Nights at Freddy's, which I didn't know what it was until very recently. Um, mm -hmm. But but like a ton of T-shirts like the, you know, J uh, Jason shirts or Nightmare at Elm Street, uh, Halloween. Really? Like a bunch of like old school 80s, particularly like horror stuff like coming back. I don't know if it's because like Target selling it or what, but it's like it, I have a lot of students who are in into that. They want to really? be scared. They want to watch scary movies with their friends. And I just don't like I it, there that was it was a thing, but it was kind of a relatively niche thing for us, I feel like. When we were younger, uh-huh. And like now it seems pretty mainstream, which I don't know if that's, you know, matriculated up to the major popular culture yet. But it, I'm wondering if like are we in are we about to be in or in, in about like to have a, our new renaissance, yeah, new like horror stuff. Interesting. Interesting thought. Huh. Yeah, because I feel like I feel as if horror well, I mean we fell out of we fell out of horror going into the 2000s because I feel like I feel like the mid 2000s to like the early 2010s uh, was just like the era of of remakes. Yeah. Um, and bottle body violence. And like it's saw. And also, yes, that's also right. My my um my uh, I had a, I took a class at UNT. It was um, television and and analysis analysis of television and film. And I had a teacher that I didn't really dig all that much. <laughs> I I felt Can't like I felt like maybe maybe forty percent of what he was talking about held water, and the rest of it was just anyway. That's another conversation. But he said something interesting: is that um, when the um, when the uh, when the uh, uh, the invasion in Iraq started. Uh, we started seeing more torture porn type movies, mm. more you know, like your hostels and your saw movies, and huh. and those types of things. And it and it uh, it was kind of like it was a it was a reflection of 
what we as Americans were seeing the horrors happening over there uh, and and re- having that reflect upon our film uh, our filmmaking. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was so that was so interesting and such an interesting like thing to think about. Um interesting commentary. Yeah, I feel like I could we could talk, I don't know, talk about film history or film like pop culture. We can keep talking about this type of stuff if you want. Um <laughs> we'll be here uh, all yeah, day. Exactly. Folks. I was like, I got, um, I got so much to say on this. Uh, get um, settled in. So um, like uh so let, yeah, let's get to your 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 V VFX. My VJ right? stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 my VJing stuff. So so uh so again that started when I I met um I met Paris uh at and that was like around 07 something like that so 08 and I'm like I want to do this and I want to do it in DFW I want to do it in Fort Worth but uh, um, I I knew some people I knew some people who were doing drum and bass shows uh out in Deep Ellum yeah and so uh, they're, they're, I'm like, can I come and like VJ your shows? And they, they're like, we can't pay you. And I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I just want to do it. You get that experience, um, right? Yeah, say, hey, yeah. I can do this. get that I'll experience, this. Yeah. yeah. And so I did, I for about maybe three, four years or so, I, excuse me, I worked a lot of um, uh, kind of uh, drum and bass shows and and uh, I worked some raves as well. Uh, Afterlife out in Dallas, nice. I did some uh, shows out in Afterlife. And what I what I like to do is that I like to bring out, I like to create eight uh, bit uh, visuals. And so what I figured out how to do was I got a Elgato screen capture card, and I got a preview, little external preview monitor, and a laptop, and I would bring out old my old consoles from my from when I was a kid and not consoles but computers mm. like an 800 XL an Atari 800 XL um that I <laughs> that I hacked to uh load floppies off of my phone uh using a USB <laughs> cable what yeah yeah okay yeah, okay yeah 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 so I didn't have to bring out the disk drive with floppies and stuff like Fair. that I just had to, I just worked it off on my phone um and uh, and then I, and I'd bring out my old uh, my Atari ST into the 16 bit, and then sometimes I'd bring uh, I would bring out I'd also bring out my GameCube because my GameCube I hacked my GameCube to where I could play uh, emulators on it so oh, that wow. I could re- open up any type of NES game or uh, anything from NES to Genesis uh, I could open up on the fly, um, which was super cool. I I I I that's when I started getting very big into hacking my own consoles, which is another conversation. We can we can, talk we can totally later. talk about that. We can talk sure. about that. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I did that for about yeah three or four years, and it was a blast, man. It was a blast. Do you still have a lot of that hardware? Do you still? Like, I do. You know? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I my my capture cards broke, and the software I was using. Uh, it's been updated since 2008, so it doesn't run on a Windows 10 computer anymore. That makes sense. Um, I might need to get, I might need to get a, oh darn, I might need to get a, a 2000, maybe 2010 era laptop, uh, to get it to work again. But, um, that'd be cool. That would be cool. So, so, okay. What was like, what was that world like? Cause I feel like that. Is diff- uh, a little different. It was a, it was a, it was a wild world. Uh, I, I saw some um, fast things. Um, <laughs> people, uh, p- uh, people, people doing drugs and stuff like that. Like that's I've never seen that before until I started working out into those, those, um, those rave worlds. 
um, which was just wild. People would just like pop stuff and they'd have like little glowy things on. You can't see my holding up my fingers, but right now, but they they put these glowy things on, on the ends of their fingers. And a guy would just be sitting on a couch going, Oh, and the guy on top would be on him. It had be wiggling the glowy things in front of his face. So like that. This is this is weird. It smell like Vicks, Vicks vapor rub it's, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's cool, man. It was a different world, man. Yeah. It was a different world. Um, so have you seen? Uh, my I have a friend. You may remember. I'm sure y'all have met at some point. Randall Bradley. He he lives in Argentina now, but he was right before he moved away was showing me. This is like right before Unreal Five kind of became like officially out at doing a bunch of stuff now. Uh huh. But like the capabilities for Unreal Five to do live graphic, it's, digital whatever is nuts. Like yeah, it's nuts. Like what is that something? Have does, have you ever thought about? Well, maybe I could use this or incorporate this. I know you're not really doing that stuff anymore. I've seen but. I've seen a little bit of that. Um, I work for a studio out in Dallas. I contract out for a studio in Dallas. Um, and a guy Shane, a uh, big shout out Shane. Uh, does that kind of stuff. He creates oh, wow. a, a virtual table in the center of a room and can and he can have multiple camera angles and the table will be there around with people standing around it. Uh, the people can even walk through it. But um, but uh, it's 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 crazy. He, he showed me I think he showed me once he had like a like a like a bust of a, of a, a sculpture. Um, wow. Yeah. And like and he could turn it all around. And it was all fake. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's yeah, crazy. This, yeah. Where so kind of on that. I guess that note, like where we're at technologically. What do you think about? I've, I've almost asked everyone this. Sorry, Eric. I meant to ask you this, and I didn't ask you last time. <laughs> but I'm gonna ask you, David. Like, what do you think about AI slash algorithms? I know we keep saying AI, but like we're not actually at intelligence. We aren't, we aren't oh, at intelligence. It, it's, it's just still essentially it's algorithm. The, the stuff that we're seeing is right now is still toddler type stuff. Yeah. But 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 people have been saying that it is like the um the 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 invention of the light bulb. Um as far as for what we are seeing right now. And to me honestly it's 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 scary a little bit because I know that like, I mean, some of the, 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 the Facebook art that you see, the, the Facebook AR, AI art that you mm. see when you scroll along, like, uh, um, uh, you know, Vin Diesel's out in the woods and, uh, you know, with cats, yeah. um, and black and white. And, but, you know, you see some of that stuff like that, but like that, that is, um, it's taking away people's jobs. Yeah. And there is even I've even seen some campaign stuff that's running right now mm -hmm. that uh, some people are doing through their camp run through their political campaigns that is done. That is obviously an AI person. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's obviously AI art. And you're taking that away from the Adobe effects editor that just put that right in there. Mm -hmm. You know, he could have worked a couple extra days. He could have had, paid him a couple extra days to create something, but no, yeah. he just went to get something AI art. And that it, it's, um, and the actors who act out stuff or that's, the, that's the stuff shutterfly, like, or whatever stock photo people, uh -huh. like not, you don't need real people to do that anymore. You can just have, that's what's getting to be really scary is that if they get enough of your voice, they can create you. Yeah. 
They can create you and they can they can have you. They can pay you for one day to come out and work for one day. And then they have an entire movie yeah. they can put you in. So I think if we go, if we keep going, David, for another hour or two, we'll have everything we need. Oh, to my God. Your voice. Uh, <laughs> how long have we been talking? <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Uh, that's wild. Ah, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you're never leaving. Yeah. Um, it, no, it's weird. It's weird. Like, I think, you know, I, I, I know you know how I feel about this, but like, and probably probably everybody listening to it also, but we we don't, we should just be you know paying everybody free money, give us our tax dollars back, so we can just do everything that we want to do. Like we're we're not gonna in here in the next fifty years, a hundred years, like we are gonna run out of most of the jobs. We're not gonna need we're gonna need some people to run the computers to do the jobs. But like that's really but it's going about to be it. them. Yeah. It's going to be only them. Yeah, I mean, remember we used to have people who would uh, work at the um uh at the the toll booths. Yeah, there used to be people who would take yeah. your money, and now you just, and now gotta, you you just go, you just sip right through it. Yeah, and that's better for you know profits and for efficiency, and maybe yeah. better for our traffic experience, whatever. But that's a whole other thing. We, why why are we doing traffic? Why, that doesn't have to be a thing if we don't that want it to be a thing. That doesn't have to be a thing. Uh, that's another exactly conversation. Right. But yeah, like, so, I mean, you know, it's, we're kind of getting into that phase where it's like, okay, we actually need to start having legitimate conversations, especially as artists, because we're the ones who don't make any money for what we're doing. Like you spoke, I love doing this thing, but I did it for free most of the time that you were doing it or for a large portion of what mm -hmm. you're doing it. And that's kind of what most of us have to do, especially early on just to get the reps and the practice, but also to get seen. Like we kind of have to sacrifice ourselves a little we do. bit. Yeah. Get, and that's not fair. And people, I hate it when people are like, oh, the world's not fair. It's like, well, let's fucking make it fair, bro. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? And so like, especially we, we are contributing to society. We're making our, our communities better and more lively and more beautiful with the stuff that we create, right? We're making ourselves happy. We're making people happy with what we do. Um, but it's just not, it's just not valued that way in society. And so like, I don't know, talking about the AI, talking about the jobs, talking yeah. about what are we going to do? And like, I, I had a, a, a Scott Prather on here a couple of episodes ago, and he was kind of talking as a tattoo artist, talking about, you know, the, the AI digital art taking jobs away from, from artists designing stuff, really? you know, on that. Um, and I would not yeah. have even thought of that. And so it kind of, you know, it's going to permeate every part of our society. Like it, maybe not now, maybe in 10 years or something. But like we gotta, we gotta start figuring out what to do about that, and yeah. not not have you know people. It's not that people need to work. I know some people believe we we should. Everyone has to. It's good for you or whatever. And like maybe, but we what we need really need is to to be alive and like surviving and like have a roof over our heads and be fed and like taking care of healthcare or whatever, right? Like that's what we really need. And then we can do the stuff that we want to do that is good and and make all the beautiful things. But if we're not taken care of, and it's like you know, it's hard. It's hard to do that. To do stuff. those things. So like I don't know that was a little little rant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I I totally get that. Like, um, we have to um we have to protect ourselves, and we need to do it now. Yeah. Because it it is um because if we if we talk about it later, it's already it's gonna be too late. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just something that's important. So okay. Agreed. So back to anyway. Yeah. Sorry. So no, I'm sorry. As, I uh, I veer off. No, I love it. I love it. I get lost in the weeds. It's great. No, it's it's part of being a creative, right? <laughs> being, we, we have these creative decisions that we're making, these choices that we, we kind of go, go where we go. Um, I also wanted to talk about your play that you. Oh, wrote. um, I um, I put one on last year, um, and I'm. Really proud of it. Yeah, uh, really. Proud you should be. Of it. it was awesome. It really was good. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. came out to come see it, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah. So um. So yeah. So, so what was it? T- what's the name of it again? I'm sorry. I put on a play. And it's really <laughs> cool, and I'm really happy with the yada yada yada. It should be. Um. Uh. I. I. We. I put on a play. Um. We put on a play. We put on a play called um. Uh. Called SMS. And uh, it's the uh, it's the term for texting. Um, I wrote this back in like 2004. Um, and uh, when when texting was a new thing and what the what the story is about is it's about um, a couple that uh, uh, are in two different locations on the same stage. So uh, the stage is almost split into practically split in two, and one is in his uh, his bedroom, uh, his college dorm in, in Seattle, and the other is in her family's uh, beach house in Florida. And the entire play takes place um, uh, pretty much uh, through monologues and then texting to each other. Um, is the way that they are communicated. They they um they can't they can't call each other because the uh, uh, uh the the beach house's walls are so thin. She, she doesn't want uh her family to be hearing her conversation because they she needs to have a really uh, hard conversation with him. Um, so they're stuck with texting. They're stuck with this mode of of uh, of communication, and uh, she tells him that she is pregnant, and uh. What the play really explores is how to deal with uh, how to deal with this situation, um, being so far away from each other and being um, uh, uh, and and uh, and uh, how to how to communicate emotions through the text that we read on mm-hmm. our screens. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, if you really think about it, there may be, um, there may be uh, 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 time differences uh, between Seattle and, and down in Florida, but conversations happen in real time. And, 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 and I, I, I like playing with time like that. I like playing with having fun with um, playing with time in uh I want to do that more in some movies, but I also enjoy doing that uh, on on stage because you're you're watching it and you're seeing it live. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wh- why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the experience of coming to see it? So it was it was in Fort Worth at the I forget the name of the facility. Um, it's at Arts Fort Worth. Arts is Fort the Worth. way that it is. And in case nobody knows, um, there is a bit of a there's a, a bit of a deal where that building might. Uh, be lost due to uh, it being so old and being as expensive, very, very expensive to do some reconstruction. So if you all, if anybody listening within the sound of my voice <laughs> uh, likes that building and likes to go to their art gallery and likes to go see plays there, um, you should you should look it up because yeah. uh, it might go. It's, a, it's over there in the museum district and it's it's a public building. It's owned by the city of Fort Worth. But like you said, because of all these structural issues. It's going to be incredibly expensive to fix. I don't think the city's right. keen on spending all the money right. it's going to need to, and it sucks because a lot, most of the museums are, are private, so mm-hmm. it's, they're not public spaces for the community. They're private places where we we have the privilege to get to go and spend money there and look at these things that they get 
through their own means and whatever. Right. Um, but this is a Fort Worth for the city of Fort Worth. There are local artists who are always featured here, local plays. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I spoke about Scott Braith earlier. We had an art show that there featured his work and stuff. And so, yeah, again, speaking of spaces where we have here in Fort yeah, Worth to showcase losing these spaces. Yes. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but it was there. It was in the, it was in the theater there. Mm-hmm. And again, it kind of poignant, again, coincidentally, kind of what we're talking about. It's, it was a play about technology is what I kind of took away from it because you have this relationship with these people and you have, you know, the, the physical distance between the two of them. But the means of communication, the medium, if you will, of texting being, in my opinion, the worst way to talk about stuff that serious. <laughs> exactly. Right? You know, exactly. And so that's I was a really powerful play, I feel like, because you were really hitting on something that is. Uh, prevalent across our whole society where like we are uh, almost a text-based society at this point like i'm willing to bet most of the people listening probably text their friends or family way more often than they actually, they call actually them. talk to them on the phone yeah and you know there's so many things that can be misconstrued or misunderstood through through, through the through, through a dead text and that was one of the things that we did the way that we communicated the uh the text on stage is that we did um we did uh pre-recordings of their of of what they were typing and with the way that I wanted to do it was that I wanted them and I told them when we were when we were recording, I want you to read this as complete deadpan as you possibly can. Yeah. I don't want any type of emotions, any type of inflections. I want you to read this as a robot. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's because I wanted it to sound like the way that you mm-hmm. would read it. Yep. And it was projected on the screen as you're watching the, the actors act. Uh, you're seeing the text projected behind them, but then they're also speaking it. And I didn't notice that until you're saying that. But yes, it's exactly what it, they were monotone. Yeah. And, that, and it hit a, a certain way because of that. And that's I didn't think about that's what why that makes sense. Because that's the way because that's the way when you read it on a screen, that's the way that you re- that, mm-hmm. that that's the way that it is. It is you inside your mind that gives the inflections with the words that you read. It is you within your mind that gives the uh, gives the emotion that they're trying to communicate to you. That is done through the mind but what i wanted it to be is as plain as it was on your screen um the way that i wanted it to sound and and it and it did and it was <laughs> it was it was awesome man that was it was a really are you working on another play or anything else um i am i am i'm i'm working on another one talking about talking about time yeah so let's um, talk about that for a second you said earlier you wanted to talk about time yeah 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 i do want to talk about time because time is i'm 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 doing some things right now that's 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 making me think a lot about time. But I'm writing one right now. Um, we don't have a title for it yet. Um, but we the the concept is that um, uh, a woman in her sixties uh is coming is being brought into a room to identify her husband's dead body, who is around the same age that he mm-hmm. is at, and what um as your as you're you're watching this play, we, you start to realize that you're not really watching a woman inside a room. What you're actually watching on stage is a memory because um, this memory, she is replaying this memory of this trauma of her identifying her husband's body inside her mind as she gets older on the outside of the theater, as she gets outside. Because when you think about a memory, when you... Think back on something that you did in your 20s or you did in high school. You don't think about yourself the way that you 
are right now. Yeah. You don't think about yourself the age that you are right now. You think about yourself the way that you were. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like watching a memory on stage, you can play with time happening outside it, but you still go back to the same memory, the way that you were, the clothes that you were wearing, the room that you were in. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that you can kind of play with, you can, you can kind of um, uh, mess with time uh, and and uh, and play do it on stage and have it make sense. Yeah. Um. Kind of the same way that uh, Christopher Nolan does with his movies, the way that he plays with time. Um. Sometimes it's a hiss. Sometimes uh, most times it's a hit. Sometimes it's a miss. But uh. But uh. But I wanted to make. But his movies make sense. Yeah. His yeah. movies make sense, and I I kind of want to play with that the same way. I think that's like I'm the same. Like I have, I have a same a sort of interest in in time or temporality, which is why I named my band Temporal Distortions. Because like I think it's fun to think about the ways that we can mess with that. Yeah. And like in a musical, in a musical medium, it's you know, it, it film is the same way. It's a temporal medium. It requires time to consume the art. It's not a painting or a picture where I just look at it. There's the thing. I see it. Okay, I can look at it for a while, but that's the thing. Like, you have to listen to a song. It takes five minutes right. or whatever. Right. You have to watch a movie. It takes an hour and a half, two hours, whatever, to consume the whole thing. And so, like, time is inherently part of the art form. So, mm. fucking up with the way that we do that or use that as a person history, because I don't know, that's what, this is where this comes from. Getting my history degree made me think a lot about time. And then time in conjunction with truth <laughs> right like what is that uh, uh that's a whole other thing but like as a, you know this is why i like film so much and this is why i like talking to you about it because like it's it is a form of storytelling and as a historian like hi people don't read history books like right. historians read history books and that's it right like people watch movies people you right. know will maybe read their, their fiction books about stuff or play video games like that's actually how most people learn history um and that most of that's not the truth right but like this is it's all stories it's all stories that we tell right and so mm -hmm. like i'm very very interested in like what's the best way to tell a story what's the best <laughs> way to visually you know and movies that's why i love these watching these film things is because like it that's as a visual i'm a visual person too a visual learner too and like that's the stuff that hits the best or the most is like when it's a visual i don't know way yeah, to tell it yeah when um to, to tell a story in a visual way that's what really gets me about it is, is to tell a story in a visual way um it 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 really makes my day um um uh to tell a story in a visual way, my my second movie was almost a silent film uh my second movie had two red lines and it was a 12 minute to 15 minute movie um and it worked and I loved it. Okay, it, it was three minutes too long. Okay, we get it. <laughs> but uh but it worked and I loved it. Um it's one of my favorite things. Um you know, you know, a, a, an interesting thing about time, uh, and this is to shut up. I'm talking to my friends. Um uh, my phone. You're fine. Shut up. I'm talking to my friends. Um uh and and uh and listeners back at home. Uh <laughs> there are there are friends too. <laughs> there friends too of yeah. course of course you are um but uh but something uh to, to mention to you i didn't mention about when we were talking about my father he was a he was a musician he is a musician as mm -hmm. well uh he played in a band uh around the 1960s uh six seven eight nine seventy seventy one i've started going through some of his old reel to reels that i found in a yeah. box in his in my closet and i 
I'm finding some gems. Um, so a um, if you want to talk about Fort Worth history, there was a uh, there was a music venue when it was the Aardvark when we were kids the when hop. we were there. It was called the Hop. Yes, <laughs> and there was a band that played there called Larry and the Blue Notes, and uh, Larry and the Blue Notes. Larry, uh, my dad was good friends with Larry. And then my mom became good friends with who she he would ultimately marry uh, in uh, some years time and then would divorce, unfortunately. But um, but so I, I was really good friends with. Uh, so since my mom was good friends with um, Lorna, uh, I would my mom would bring me over to their house so that uh, Lorna's kid would babysit me. And he's maybe about 10 years older than I am. So I, I was like 10 and he was like in his 20s. And uh, um, <laughs> so he would babysit me. And uh, what what babysitting in the uh, as we got older turned into drinking with each other. <laughs> and then when uh, getting all going on as he got uh, married and had kids, we hang out and we may drink a night maybe. Um, but uh so I started going through some of these old reels and I found some songs of Larry and the blue notes, my dad playing with Larry and the blue notes wow. with Lindy's, my, my buddy Lindy's father's voice. And so I just went to go hang out with him just a, two weekends ago. And I texted him. I said, look, I got some cool stuff for you. It's, it's my dad playing with your dad. And I just dumped it into a, a wave file. Uh, and he's like, Br and I'm um, bringing it on a thumb drive. It's like, bring it over. That's awesome. So we sat down with his laptop. He downloaded Audacity and um, he cut it and we put it on a thumb drive and we played it on his PS5. <laughs> okay. So think about this. This was originally recorded on a reel to reel in 1969, 1970 to be dumped to a wave file to be converted to an MP3 and played on a PS5. Yep. That blows my mind. Yep. To think about like that gap, that huge gap and how the technology has mm -hmm. has changed and that just it blows my mind. And another example of that and this is not to get this is not to get political, it's just to make a point. My grandmother, uh, my my father's mother, she was born and she lived through the Great Depression and she saw the Twin Towers fall. Mm -hmm. She saw all of that time mm -hmm. in between. That fucks with me too. Yep. It makes you realize that like things aren't really that far apart no, from each other. No. It's not as it's not as far apart as it may seem. Yeah. It I it seems like it seems to me that like time if if it seems like, oh, that was so long ago. I feel like that's all in your head yeah. because it, if you look at it from the big picture, it doesn't seem like it's that far away no. from each other. And you kind of have to get older to figure that out. Like this is what blows my mind in the nineties when we were growing up, mm -hmm. people would talk about the seventies or people would talk about the Vietnam war. Right. And to, that seems like forever ago is before we were born. And so right. we didn't know that's the same time period from now to the nineties. From the Right. Right. And, and so it's that. And, and, that's and we not, talk about the war in Iraq and the war yeah. in Afghanistan. We, yeah. we only and left Afghanistan about two years ago. Exactly. Um, and it's not that long ago. So I, one thing I try to tell my students is, is look at things in life in terms of human lifetimes rather than generations. We get caught up in generation and not the boomers or the Gen Xers or the Gen Z. And like, 
yeah, that's a way to break society down and like, sure, it could be helpful or whatever. But if we think about like, like you said, like this is what my grandmother would live through. She lived through all of this stuff. Right. I, I like to round it up. Not everybody lives to 100, but some people do. Uh, my grandmother, Nanny, that died. She was 98. Her mom died when she was 99. Like some people make it that far. Almost made it. Yeah. Man, yeah. And wild. so like if you think about, okay, 1923, right after World War One, right before the Great Depression, seven years before the Depression, that's one person ago. You know, that's not forever ago. There are people alive today who lived through those things. And right. so when we think about the, you know, the, the, the Revolutionary War, that's like 2.2 people ago. That's not that long ago. That's so crazy. You know, <laughs> like the Civil War, it's like that one and a half so people ago. so crazy. Yeah. And so then to bring it back to technology, I guess, like how quickly things have changed since the Industrial Revolution, 1840s, yeah. 50s, and 60s. It's kind of like insane to look back, you know, one and a half people are going like, what? Back before that, we didn't have the telegraph. We didn't have, we didn't have soap. Like we didn't have, <laughs> you know, like we didn't have a lot of stuff that today we take for granted. And so, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think about that stuff too, man. And That's then- so interesting. And like, is, you know, the the big, the matrix question, you know, is it all a simulation? Right. right? Like that, that's are always- Are we in the that, matrix? That, yeah, we, it, how does this, how does this work or whatever? How, how is this possible? Uh, You know, I don't know. But who cares? Like, does it matter or not? I don't know. But I, I, I think about that stuff too, man. Like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm into, I'm into the big, you know, t time. What is time? And I like to, yeah. And you, and you bring up such an interesting point. Is that like the, the, the consumption of art takes time. I know that uh, the consumption of, in my mind, of, of taking in a movie. I need to think about it outside of the yes. movie. You know, and. Uh, <sighs> There were so many times uh, I was going to South by and um, a person would walk up to me with a camera and Mike's like, what did you think of that movie you just walked out of? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I need <laughs> to digest this. Like, uh, it's, it, it, uh, for, for me, at least, it's like a digestion system. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I need to chew it on it. I need to think about it mm -hmm. and, and come to a conclusion. Yep. Uh, you obviously, you, you see something either that's amazing or it's like, meh, or it's like, meh, or it's bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know it's good, but you have to think about why it's yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. A, a, a good example of that. Well, I feel like it's a it's a chasing a white dragon. I will never catch. It is a movie called um, uh, Inland Empire by David Lynch. Yeah, it just recently got a 4K release. Um, That's one of the ones I've never. I've seen a lot of Lynch, but I have not seen that one. It is one that um, it stars it stars Laura Dern. And she gives an Oscar-winning performance, but you don't really understand why. <laughs> you yeah, sounds it, like Lynch. When yeah. you watch it, you she gives an amazing performance. Uh, on the surface, that's a story about uh, a, a woman who uh, gets cast for a movie with a cursed script, mm. and uh, uh, people who who have uh, who have tried to get this movie started before uh, the the actors die. And what you what you realize is that um, is that uh, the actors get caught in a set. Uh, there is a they're in a soundstage and there's a home that they build. But uh, she gets caught on the inside of the set and then she turns around and it's a home. And then she's stuck with the people in the home. Wow. And she got into it by looking through a cigarette burned hole on a on a sheet of. White, white uh, felt, uh, well, white, uh, you know, sounds like sheet. Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's, it's just no, it's just normal, yeah. normal Lynch greatness. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also, but then there's also something about a uh, 
uh, a dead prostitute from the Victorian times. Of course. And, <laughs> and then she starts jumping from between the times. It's just, it, it goes off the rails at that point. But, uh, but she, she gives such an amazing performance. She does, she has these great monologues and she, you feel her and you feel her emotions. Um, but, if you look at it as a whole, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but, uh, but, um, but that's a normal, that's, that's yeah. normal. That's, that's normal Lynch. I think that's, a, I think that's what's cool about Lynch because he's challenging to understand as, as, yeah. as someone who appreciates art, which is, I like it. It's, it's forcing you to use your brain. Oh, uh, right. you know, and then, and probably being wrong for doing so, <laughs> you know, it's like, if you think about it too much, like you're way, you're way off, off the point. Um, but that's, you know, I, I, to you me, know that's what, good art. You know, a person who really bothers me is Todd Shalad. I don't know who that Are is. you familiar with his so. movies? Um, he's been making movies since like the early nineties. Okay. Um, and he's had a, 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 a good, the cast members, um, uh, 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 Paul Rubens was in uh, one of his movies, and um, oh, who passed away? Uh, who was um, who played C Capote? Um, oh, uh, three name, um, yeah, three names. Deb, Deb, Deb. Before the devil knows you're dead. Uh, um, uh, John C Philip 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 Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman was in one of his movies, and he does these movies. Um, like I, I follow the story. It goes from A to B. It's not extraordinary, but everybody loves them. And they're really, and some of them get like some really dark and sick stuff into his movies. Mm. There's a, there's a one movie called Palindromes where this girl, um, it's this, it's this 16 year old girl that goes through this like journey and they change her cast throughout the movie oh, in different weird. parts throughout the movie. And I, I watched it and, and in class at school. They played it for us in class in school. And I'm like, I don't get why this is great. I don't get why people like this. It bothers me because people see something in his movies and I don't. And that bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it drives not, me nuts. There are people, you know, I feel like nobody can get everybody 100 percent or something. Yeah, not everything's yeah. Made for everybody. And I have trouble. I have trouble letting go of that because I just love movies so much. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to think i mean movies is, is one of those things i i've really kind of not have the time as, as i used to to like consume as much as i would like i don't you know? and there's so much out there uh, there is so much content out now that you, you can't not watch it all so you okay just can't before we before because a couple more things i want to ask you before we wrap up but like sure. what, do you, what are your thoughts on streaming for the industry like and the writer strike too because that's kind of part of it too the conversation i feel like I mean, I feel like you have to write things differently. I was listening to a I was listening to a an interview with one of the um, uh, one of the head writers for the X Files. Uh, uh, he was being interviewed on a stage, and I was listening to it. Uh, not exactly a podcast, but yeah, anyway, close enough. Anyway, yeah. anyway, um, but he was being interviewed, and he was talking about having to write uh, for um, having to write for television at that time. Was that there were no re the reruns were just starting in the early nineties, uh -huh. so you so 
the only time that you would see an episode of the X-Files was when it aired that night. Yeah. Um, and so story arcing, because they would the, the way that they would do their seasons is that they would sprinkle in myth, what they called mythology episodes throughout the course of an entire season. Mm-hmm. But a season at that time was like 21 episodes. 26, I think. Or 26. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's insane. (laughs) At any rate, um, but they would sprinkle in mythology episodes throughout the course of these 26 episodes. Oh, my God. Um, And um, the way that they would have to write for them is that they would have to write small cliffhangers at the at the end of at the start of every commercial break. Yeah. And that was and that was to get you to sit through the commercials and come back to the TV show and uh and uh and um to have you sit through the commercials and come back to it have you keep you keep you watching yeah was the way that they had to write it so at the if you watch it nowadays if you watch it on a streaming service it'll uh it'll go to like a a, 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 a climax and then it'll go to black and then it'll come back and then yeah. climax will come back down and they they pet they had to pedigree it that way um when it comes back this usually just goes back down oh, oh what's that shadow oh it's just a plant yeah. um that type of a thing yeah. but but they had to do that they had to create that in as uh, as the, the hour would go on i'm finding now that when i watch a tv show on a streaming service um the climax comes at the very end of the first episode mm-hmm. um they uh um i just watched one the other night it was um scavenger scavenger's reign on max okay uh which is pretty interesting in case anyone at home would uh, like to look that up it's pretty interesting i i've only watched the first season uh, first episode so if this goes bad don't blame me anyway <laughs> uh but uh but it looks pretty good so, so from starting um but i just watched that last night and i noticed that like um there was a there was a a, a progression of things were happening um uh, s- space shuttle explodes and uh, people escape, but they're all on different parts of this of this planet, and they're all apart from each other. And the episode, the first episode I watched was how they are surviving, and uh, how they're surviving on their own in their own little areas that they're in. And um, uh, at the end of the first episode, each uh person where, wherever they had they they were starting their camp. Uh, needed to get up and leave it for some reason or another. Aliens were were attacking one, and um, they didn't have enough battery source for for another one. And this one was in a stuck in a a pod in a tree, but a animal cut open the glass so that he could get out. Um, and and it's it and it leads on that you watch the at the end of a first episode, and you see it it hints that more could be happening. It's like the very end of a of a first commercial break. It feels like for mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. and be, and it says it says to use like more is going to happen, and you should watch the next episode to find out what that is, uh, and how it's going to go. And I've noticed this with um, when I'm watching these TV shows that are uh, made for streaming services. Um, but I'm I'm noticing yeah I'm noticing th- that you have to write it differently. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. Uh, but um. But I mean, for like for for an industry, um, I just feel like it's a different. Uh, you just kind of have to adapt to it, yeah. uh, and and streaming services are starting to become more like television every day because um, there are so many of them right now, and they realize, oh, we can't do the binge watching anymore, where we 
release mm. the entire season all at once. So yeah. we have to do the slow drip with uh, uh, episode per episode every week, yeah. uh, like we did on, uh, on on television back in the day. We f- it feels like it's coming back to that because yeah. there's a there's so much competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, uh, you you uh, 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 you can go you can uh, uh, just like. Uh, you could watch it all at once and then just be done with it, but that's not keeping your eyes on their yeah. service. And they need your eyes. They need yeah. your streaming services because they saved data. They saved the uh, the data for mm-hmm. the um uh for the the ratings and uh and they won't tell you no yeah who it is. Uh, uh who did this um uh who did this uh this last Star Wars series Andor. Uh, which was really good, actually. Yeah, I've heard of uh, every great Tom, about it. Tom's, uh, Tom's. Anyway, because um, he, he did the uh, the uh, um, he did the uh, the other Star Wars movie that was really good, Rogue One. He did Rogue uh, One, okay. and then Tony something or other. But uh, but he was being interviewed, and he's uh, uh, asking him about um, num- about ratings, and he's like, I, they don't even tell me. Yeah, it's all internal data. It's all not, internal yeah. data, and the person that is one of the highest people that's up in start making Star Wars content doesn't. They don't even they tell know. him what their ratings are. And that's what it, that's why I, that's why I kind of why I ask because I feel like it's we're getting close to that point where it's going to come crashing down because they're spending so much money. They are producing all of these movies and TV shows, and all this content. Like you said, out the Marvel stuff is starting to fizzle out yeah. and people are getting sick of it and it's not going to pan out for them the way that they were hoping for uh, hoping yeah. it would. And because of like, it, you know, 15 years ago, I guess is when people started leaving cable and started what streaming services became more of a viable option. It was cheaper. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to pay 150 bucks to cable anymore. I can pay $10 for Netflix or whatever. Right. But now everything's so siloed and fragmented. You got to have Paramount Plus. You got to have right. Peacock. You got to have right. all Apple, all of yeah, these different you things. You got to have them all. And it's 10, you know, 15, now 15, 18 bucks a pop. Like now we're spending cable money all, again. Put them all together. And, and so we're right back to it. Yeah. It's like we're going back, people are going back to piracy again. Yeah. Going back to Pirate Bay because why not? Um, at this point, that's the whole reason people were using it in the first place. It was like, it's too expensive to access this stuff. And now it's like, again, if here's the thing for you and I remember, but like to the young people, TV used to be free. <laughs> you, you could just watch stuff. You could just watch TV all day and yeah, it didn't cost any money. Right. That's uh, right. The X Files was on yeah. Fox. Yeah. 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 It's just free. Which was at the time quality yeah. television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good sci fi. So that's, you know. I think we're going to have a reckoning where there's probably going to be more consolidation because that's what capitalism does. And like someone's going to buy out somebody and someone's going to buy right. out somebody else. Right. And, and, and then we'll, we'll be, will yeah. Monopoly. Yeah, exactly. That's just the way that the these things go. And like from a viewer c- consumer, I hate that fucking word con- standpoint. Yeah. I want all my stuff to be in one place. This is why Spotify is popular. Like everything's on Spotify. So I was like, okay, I can, it can get whatever I want. It's there. Right. But that's also the way that they can take the most advantage charging us whatever they want because it's a monopoly right or, right or underpaying whoever their creators for instance because they don't have to because, oh right you know, oh that's yeah rampant yeah with streaming services at least in yeah. the audio yeah and so you know and with the writers too and with the actors too hence the strike that we just you know they finally finally finished after 120 something days um yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting time to kind of see all of these, what we're talking about locally here in Fort Worth in regards to contraction of spaces, but like also globally, nationally, like what's happening at, at the, the people who are making all the stuff that we consume our culture, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like that. Um, 
I feel like they put all of their uh, all their eggs in one basket. Uh, they were really betting that everyone was going to go for the 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 Paramount Plus and then then the CBS and mm-hmm. then the Peacock and then uh, oh god like Hulu and then there's uh, some others uh, that I can't even think of like Disney and then uh, yeah and then yeah uh, but they thought they thought that they were going to have the they were going to have their their way but it just became too splintered it yeah became too too fragmented and it just wasn't it just wasn't worth it anymore. So as as an artist yourself and as someone who makes films and makes stories here in the community, what would be like advice that you would give to young people coming up wanting to make movies, write scripts, do that type of thing? Like what's what what would you recommend? Do it, guys. Just fucking do it. <laughs> Just do it, guys. Like uh like um uh like uh like uh, if 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 you if you have if you have the opportunity why wouldn't you why wouldn't you um you know uh uh you can you can make stuff on you can you can tell stories through through TikTok mm-hmm. you want to have a conversation about like making having a using uh TikTok as an art form mm-hmm. there's a um there's a uh, there's a, a YouTube channel that I check out every once in a while called Night Minds, and sometimes they fa- they go through they go through um, uh, uh, internet lore uh, and uh, through um, uh, on uh, f- they find series they find usually it's spooky stuff they find series on on YouTube and series on TikTok and uh, that tell a story that tell a story through a YouTube channel or through a TikTok. Uh, 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 account. Um, there was this one animated sur- short that he was talking about where um, uh, there was this animated guy and he was stuck in a room and he only had a chair and the key and the door had a keypad and you could look through the window and it had a hallway and it cut to the left, to the right. And he's like, how do you think I get out of here guys? Write in the chat below. <laughs> And uh, and uh, and then some people started to take a look at the uh, at the the keypad. So he gets a next another video where he takes a really good look. He gets the camera up to the keypad. Some people say, "Hey, there are fingerprints on some of the on some of the numbers." Uh, or 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 there's one. It's like uh, it's like a break. Uh, try try to break the window because there was a window in the door with your chair. And he's like, "Okay, here I go." And he breaks the chair and the chair falls to pieces and the window doesn't. And he's like, okay, guys, well, that was my only chair. Um, help me out. They, the, 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 uh, the, the people in chat help him get out. He realizes that he's in an empty building by himself. And he's walking down a hallway. He has this camera out. He's doing selfies. He's walking down a hallway and he walks past a a long hallway. And there's a person standing at the end of the hallway that he doesn't see because he's talking to the, to his phone. And and everyone's in the chest saying, there's someone behind you. Look out. There's someone else inside the building. He real, he did uh, towards the end. He discovers that he's a clone. And he and he was a part of a source of exper- uh, uh, an experiment, and he finally makes his way out of the building towards the end of the uh, the t- uh, TikTok series. That's cool. And I'm like, dude, making telling a story through a TikTok channel or through a um a- another great one was Daisy Brown. If anyone hasn't looked up Daisy Brown on YouTube, um, that was a story about a girl that has a monster. 
a baby monster. And she is she's this 14-year-old girl and she makes a video showing how to how he how she feeds her. Oh. And uh and uh and then uh she makes video after video and the the monster starts to grow. Well, the monster starts talking. Well, the monster starts talking back to her. <sighs> the monster becomes abusive. Oh locks her in the basement and and the i mean i what uh, yeah yeah i don't want to i don't want to spoil it for you all because you all need to go and watch it because it's the ending is just amazing <laughs> it is flipping amazing um Ju- julia julia i can't I, I can't think of the artist's name julia something or other anyway uh daisy brown go look it up on youtube I, um but, to tell a story through that ty- new type of medium, that's fascinating to me. I would love to do some kind of a series yeah. like that be a cool where project. a chat helps to tell the story that you are making. Yeah. And so you you are influenced by what other people tell you, and then your your influences bounce off of each other, and it becomes a more of a conversation, yeah. more of an art piece between all of us. Yeah, like a, a like a mass collaboration. Of some yeah, exactly, sort or exactly. That's, cool. that's what I would. I that's that's what I would really like to to do something like that. That'd be cool, man. Well, awesome. Well, I want to say anyway, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, David. dude, Anthony, man, thanks for having me, man. I didn't know like what you wanted to talk about. I'm just whatever. Man. I'm just a guy, you know. <laughs> I just I don't I just make movies, you know. Wait. I just do some things. I didn't know what you wanted to talk about, but this has been a this has been a fun and great conversation. Well, I think so too. I think you're you're a wonderful person, man, and you're a wonderful <laughs> artist, and and I'm glad that we got to do this. So thank you so much. Right on, right, right on. Yay! I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. We were having a, a fantastic time. I just wanted to remind you, listener, uh, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. Here in just a moment, I'm going to play the clip from David's film, Room 206 in the Evenings After. But I wanted to remind you that down in the show notes are links to all of his work, his Pi Productions, his production company. Uh, Vimeo page is down there, and there are dozens of videos in there as well as his Instagram page. And then just for a little shameless self-promotion plug, I threw a a link to a Raven Charter video uh, we played at the House of Blues in 2012, and David came to that show, and he shot the concert for us. And so I have some of that concert footage down there as well. So please check all that out. Um, Thank you again for listening, and here we go. Here is the trailer to the film Room 206 in the evenings after. Why are you here? Why are you here? A complacent life, devoid of anything even remotely exciting. I guess some people go rock climbing or deep sea diving for added adventure. We seek sex. How is it you're 19 and you have a greater understanding of the world than I do? A lot can happen in a dozen or so years. Come in. Why are you here? Why am I here in this hotel room right now? Because you asked me to. I always remember and I like that. 
I'm a little nervous. I haven't done anything like this before. You know, we can't have sex if you're sitting all the way across the room. <laughs> <laughs>